welcome to Orphaned Entertainment, the podcast who for the past 10 years has dedicated itself to discussion and review of public domain and abandoned media. I'm your host, Christopher, and with me is the woman that is home on the range or wherever the deer and antelope play. It's Lydia. <laughs> I'm just riding shotgun. <laughs> nice. Yay! Love it. I thought about trying to do that in like a Western accent, but I think I've tried that before and it didn't go as well as I'd like. So I didn't <laughs> well, you even showed bother. up to the podcast in a duster and a cowboy hat. So I think you're covered yeah, with a and- cigarette and you're it clenched in the side <laughs> of your mouth. I think we're set. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I did share uh, pictures to the Facebook group and to Twitter. So if you follow <laughs> our socials, you'll you'll see me all cowboyed up. Cowboyed up. Yeehaw. Speaking of all those socials, you can follow the link in the show notes to find all our social media sites. you also find our YouTube channel, and you can learn how you can support the show financially. If you'd like to email us with any comments, suggestions, or feedback on this or any episode, please type a recorded message and send it to orphanedentertainment at gmail.com. Let's listen to an Ellery Queen one-minute mystery, and when we return... We will look at 1940s Billy the Kid in Texas. Ellery Queen's Minute Mysteries. This is Ellery Queen with a case I call the canned music. Sometimes the merest slip, the slightest word or two can trip up a suspect, particularly when it's a serious charge. In this case, the charge was murder and police were holding a youthful suspect. He claimed he was skating with a friend at the time of the murder in a beautiful new rink with stereo, indirect lighting, the works. Skating to the skater's waltz, he said, was great fun. I believe you're lying, I said. And in a moment, I'll explain. Hello. Ahoy. My name is Adam. And I'm Nick. And this is the Bottom of the Stream podcast. A never-ending quest to find hidden movie gems on Netflix. (laughs) Uh, Every week we watch a random movie that we find on the stream and we talk about it for about an hour. Yeah, as well as that, we round up the news of the week and uh, we usually mention what we've been watching at the top of the stream. Yeah, so if you're into Netflix and you enjoy watching stuff on there, give us a listen. Join us aboard our podcast boat as we navigate the perilous water. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. In the case of the canned music, a new modern skating rink would probably play modern music, not the skater's waltz. I checked the rink and the manager proved I was correct. He hadn't even heard of the skater's waltz. Listen again to Ellery Queen's Minute Mysteries. Billy the Kid in Texas is the second film in the Billy the Kid series, produced by Producers Releasing Corporation, or PRC. Uh, The first film, Billy the Kid Outlawed, is unfortunately apparently lost. I certainly couldn't find it. At least not available anywhere I could. I I searched. I've got pretty strong Google foo. If it was out there, I think I would have come across it. I should mention that this film is in a film series that was recommended by a listener who wrote in uh, last month or the month before. So thank them for uh, suggesting this. The film stars Bob Steele as Billy, Al St. John as Fuzzy, and Carlton Young as Gil Cooper. Bob Steele would do a total of six Billy the Kid films in 1940 and 1941. The next 13 star Buster Crabb as Billy the Kid, and the following 23 feature Buster Crab as the same character, renamed Billy Carson. In total, there were 42 films produced between 1940 and 1946, all of them directed by Sam Newfield. Sam Newfield is one of the most prolific directors in American film history. He is credited with over 250 feature films beginning in the silent era and ending in 1958. Not only did he direct feature films, he also directed one and two real comedy shorts, training in industrial films, and even TV episodes. He was sometimes credited under Sherman Scott or Peter Stewart, pseudonyms he'd use in order to hide the fact that one person was responsible for so many of PRC films. Bob Steele was born into a vaudeville family. The family settled in Hollywood after years of touring in the late 1910s, His father found work in movies as an actor and later a director. In 1920, a young Bob and his twin brother Bill were hired by his father to star as leads in a series of adventure films titled The Adventures of Bill and Bob. It consisted of 15 two-reel episodes and is about twin boys in the mountains and their animal hunting and trapping efforts. 
Steele's career truly began in 1927, when he was hired by Film Booking Offices of America to star in a series of westerns. Through the 20s, 30s, and 40s, he would star in B-Westerns for almost every studio, including Monogram, Republic, and of course, PRC. As the popularity of the Western genre went into decline in the late 40s, Steele found work as supporting characters in larger films, including Howard Hawks' The Big Sleep and some John Wayne films, such as Island in the Sky and Rio Bravo. He also found work on television throughout the 50s in supporting roles, and even a semi-regular role as Trooper Duffy in the mid-1960s series F Troop. He worked on into the early 70s, often taking minor and uncredited parts until retiring. He passed away in 1988 at the age of 81. Al St. John was a motion picture comedian, entering the film industry as an extra and minor character roles. He moved up into co-starring in comedy shorts and would often appear with his uncle, silent star Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. He transitioned from silent to sound films, but by the late 1930s, he mostly worked in westerns, often playing the scruffy comedy relief character. When Arbuckle formed his own production company, he brought uh, St. John with him and recruited stage star Buster Keaton into his films. After Arbuckle was involved in a widely publicized scandal that prevented him from appearing in movies, he was accused of the sexual assault and being at least partially responsible for the death of actress Virginia Rape, crimes he would eventually be acquitted of, he, using a pseudonym, directed his nephew in silent and sound films such as The Iron Mule in 1925 and Bridge Wives in 1932. St. John's career continued and a bulk of his films were for PRC. He would act in more than 350 films from 1911 to 1952. After leaving film, he made personal appearances at fairs, rodeos, and on TV, at overseas U.S. military bases, and with Tommy Scott's Wild West Show. He was on tour with the Wild West Show in 1963 when he suffered a massive heart attack and passed away at the age of 70. Long-lived careers... The amount of time that all these actors spent in Hollywood, between a director and someone like Al St. John, with hundreds of films under their belt, is just Mm -hmm. extraordinary. This is mind-blowing to me. Al St. John played the character that he plays in this movie, Fuzzy, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times, 40, 50 times? In 40 or 50 different movies, he was the same character. I think he's in all 42 of the Billy the Kid films. So, yeah. as, as then, fuzzy. Yeah, so it's, it's just wild, though. I, so, he started the character, the first earliest instance I could find, well, the earliest instance I see is 37. And then, obviously, he's playing him up through his last movie appearance in 52. He's still playing fuzzy. I, I just have never heard of such a, <laughs> of a character in that many movies. Well, I mean, you know, forget even being in that many movies, but playing the same character in so many movies, it's just mind blowing. I, I've never heard of anything like it. I'd be really interested to know if there, if anybody else has heard of a person playing the same, actually the same character, same name and everything mm-hmm. for 40 or 50 different movies. It's just, it's just amazing to me. The man found a niche and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> milked, milked it. No, I think he, did he, well, I think he created his own, uh, <laughs> franchise yeah yes. yeah that's extraordinary and the yeah. director sam newfield doing all those films and television and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. just the man you don't you don't hear about that kind of work these days i, I don't think no. you could do it these days well you couldn't it production takes so long now mm-hmm. i mean you know they say oh you know there's going to be a new batman movie next year and then they're like oh nope it's been pushed to 25 you, right. know, you can't you can't make 40 movies in one year as an actor they're just there's not enough there aren't enough movies being made no there's a great scene i'm going to side sidetrack just a little bit there's a great scene in the holiday where um eli wallach is talking to uh you guys are all gonna hate me for not uh, kate winslet and uh and he says you know back in those days when they called it you know tinseltown they would make they'd be cranking out a movie every week mm-hmm. you'd have a, you'd have a new movie in the theater every single weekend right well, of course we don't do anything like that anymore i mean gosh the one of the lowest the, I mean, obviously, the most famous lowest budget movie out right now, The Whale, it took them, I mean, ages to make it. And it was all filmed basically in a single set. Yeah, we just don't do that anymore. And it's it's kind of too bad 
because you don't get that. Well, I, I suppose actually the reality is we do that. We just call it TV. Mm, yeah. It's just called TV now. Yeah. Well, and especially the way that uh, television series on streaming networks and things like that have gotten, they, they are Hollywood level productions. They are making, are. they are making short films. They really are. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they're putting basis. out, yeah, six of them or 12 of them or 24 every, every year. Yeah. Well, if you and, think, if you think the, the films, these Westerns from 1940s and everything, most of them are around an hour long. Yes. Yes, exactly. I was yeah. just I was just thinking that as well. So you got a TV episode that's 45 or 60 minutes, you know, depending on if it's a streaming one or if it's actually made for TV. And yeah, it's it's a very similar production. So that's interesting to think of it that way. I guess it's that's actually a little bit more satisfying to think of it that way. Think, <laughs> oh, oh, OK, so I do I do get some of the fun that people used to have, you know, going to the movie. Of course, people didn't necessarily go to the movie every weekend, but uh, at least to have that endless variety available we do still have that we just don't think of it the same as far as westerns on the show historically we haven't had very good luck with them <laughs> i can think of one that i remember us actually uh finding some enjoyment of uh I believe it was the john wayne i'm trying to blank on the title the where first he, one he was in yeah well there was that one and i thought there was the one where he was staying with like the quaker family oh gosh angel and the bad man yes, yes. Which is, i mean it, which is known for being one of the best westerns ever made right and is of course you know f- a phenomenal movie yeah so we we did enjoy that one but the other ones we've watched we haven't they they ended up not being exactly what i was expecting i think when i sat down to watch a, an old western I was I was expecting something like this. I was expecting like this Billy the Kid in Texas. I was expecting something like I remember watching, you know, on my uh, UHF channel uh, on like Sunday afternoon when they just needed to fill an hour kind of thing. Um, yeah, the Lone Ranger or Zorro. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and this one definitely fit that bill. I mean, this yeah. was it was almost, and there are times where it feels like a serial stitched together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can almost, uh, oh no, he's been shot. What's going to happen? And then of course <laughs> he just gets up and he's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I actually ended up kind of uh, enjoying this. I mean, it's not, it's not cinematic gold to be sure, <laughs> <laughs> but I found it, it's just kind of a, a nice, comfortable film to watch. It's not the worst movie we've ever seen. No. <laughs> and it doesn't even rank close to the worst movies we've reviewed here. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is a very, it's not a big budget old Western. It's not like we think of a lot of the the older Westerns, especially that John Wayne era or Big Country or, mm-hmm. you know, any of those. It, it's a small budget filmed very quickly. Um you know, in gosh, you can tell, you can pretty much tell the sunshine is the same on the one day that they're riding out in that, um, the, I keep forgetting what it's called, the, I want to say buckboard, but that's not right. The little I think wagon. you're right. I think you're right. Is I it? Think it yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same sunshine that day as it is the, the day a week or two later when it's supposed to be happening again. You can tell they just did all that exterior stuff on the same day, which of course they would, you know. Yeah. Or at least I would expect them to. You you can almost see the sun, you know, the shadows moving uh, from scene <laughs> to scene as they, as they progress yeah. through the film. But it's, yeah, it's a very quick movie. It's not, it's not an intense drama. There's not, you're not wrapping up a grand arc with it. It's just a, a couple of chapters in a big story about this, you know, this character, Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun. There are a couple of fun chapters. There are a couple of interesting characters in it. I did, I on my second watch through, I appreciated Fuzzy a lot more. I He is, I think, my favorite character in the film. Easily. Yeah. I think he's easily, and, and not to... You know, not not to say anything at all against Bob Steele. I think he's fine. He's just kind of what you expect from a leading guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Al St. John is a is the comedic part, which he is. And there's a little bit of that being forced in one scene in particular, trying really, really hard to make it funny, where it's kind of like, uh, it's <laughs> funny. But he, his character and his characterization, I think is really enjoyable. 
what I actually kind of really liked about uh, the way he played Fuzzy, and maybe this was a little bit with the the writing and the directing, is yes, he was like the comedic relief, but he wasn't entirely inept. He wasn't slapstick. No, I mean, he was he was a little a little awkward, a little clumsy. But it wasn't straight slapstick. And I really appreciated that. We already know I'm not a huge slapstick fan. There are moments. I've definitely laughed out loud at a few (laughs) things. There, Gosh, I can think of one in particular. The whole, uh, if you can pick up this dollar without saying ouch, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There are a couple of things out there that are pretty funny. But I appreciate, like, there is some silliness to it. There's a little bit of slapstick about him. But none of it is... um, exaggerated over the top to the point of being ludicrous well and i also think he's not played for an imbecile either it's the old west no one is probably outside of like the you know i made it to the third grade is kind of an an accomplishment (laughs) sort of thing but he's he's not um he's not entirely uneducated he's not an idiot and they don't play him that way and i I really like that he's not an imbecile he's he's a he is a sidekick Mm mm-hmm he he is the comic relief, but he's actually also a a somewhat capable sidekick. When it starts coming out your ears, Fuzzy, it's time to stop. Billy! Why, you old son of a gun. Kid, are you a sight for sore eyes? You don't look so bad yourself, Fuzzy. Hey, did you have any trouble getting out of New Mexico after I left you? Plenty. The law was right on my tail. I had to hole up a couple of times. That's what kept me from getting here sooner. Did you run into any trouble? No, not a bit. They never connected me with helping you break jail. Well, I guess what we heard about this town's right, Fuzzy. Peaceful and quiet. <laughs> She's not as peaceful as she looks. I'm sorry to hear that, because it's been profitable already. Hey, tell me. Let's get something wet first. Hey, there's a mighty wild bunch in that saloon. Let's see just how wild they are. Come on. And yeah, I, I appreciated that, I think him be they they walked a good line with him and he of course is as a performer turned out i i can't overstate how happy i am that he didn't resort to um oh gosh i now i can't even think what it is the overacting (laughs) the kind of pantomime that a lot of a lot of comedic actors especially coming out of the vaudeville era did and and I know a lot of people find that terrible like very amusing and funny. It just doesn't click for me, and so I appreciate that he didn't resort to that or kind of slip back into that. We're not we're past that. We're beyond that. There's you know it, in the production now there is the the capacity for for more dramatic for more genuine emotion and. I've now overstated my case 16 times. Sorry. I know I do it sometimes. I'm trying to find the exact perfect words to explain what I'm trying to say. I just like that he's not too silly. Another thing I really enjoyed from him is Fuzzy never just takes his gun out of his holster (laughs) or puts it back. Whether he takes it out or puts it back, yep. he's got to twirl it. It's the one trick pony. I love it. He's got the Every one thing he can do time. to look impressive, and he's <laughs> going to do it by gum. I appreciate that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I just got a real kick out of that. It's just every, every single time. It doesn't matter if it was a, a serious moment, a you know, a lighthearted moment. Nope. Yep. Got to spin it a couple times just before he puts it in or yep. takes it out. Yeah, I, I that was that great. Too. Bob Steele... Yeah, I guess what you were saying, he, he is just sort of the leading man in a Western, but he's not hes not what I would really consider like, you know, the rugged cowboy look or anything like that. And maybe that's on purpose because he's supposed <laughs> to be Billy the Kid. So, but I don't know if he actually even fits <laughs> that <man>. mold either. <laughs> he, he looks a little too old. Yeah, he looks too old to be the kid, but not old enough to be, you yeah, know, no, he the cowboy. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> A grown man in this. He's skinny. <laughs> There's a particular scene after he gets <laughs> shot in the back or shot from behind, I suppose, where he uh, goes to walk into the other room from breakfast. And that is a thin, thin man. <laughs> I just every time I, I saw that uh, that scene, I thought, gosh, he's so skinny. And, uh, you know, maybe that's part of it. He's he's here having, you know, he, he's here facing up with these or facing down these big kind of portly men not not heavy guys but big dudes big mm-hmm. guys and they're 
definitely, you know, mustaches and square jaws. And he is fairly slight. I would call his... <laughs> him slight but it's funny he's also kind of got i think he's got the face that you would expect the hero to have in the silent film era Mm. and there are a couple of times in it where his makeup is pretty reminiscent of this you can tell they put the the lip color on a little heavy so you could see his mouth yeah but it was almost enough that i kind of got a throwback to the silent era just from from the look of him but uh you know, he's not there's they he's not directed in such a way that it's a dramatic character or that he's a very eye catching character or that he's a very assuming character. In fact, in this particular movie, nobody's supposed to know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't, you know, he don't walk into town and everybody goes, It's Billy the Kid, run, you know. <laughs> it's just more he's kind of slipping in under the radar. And ironically, I think the actor does that too. There's nothing wrong with him. And in fact, he I would argue that his performance, there's nothing wrong with his performance, but he is just kind of, he's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to talk about Terry Walker. Okay, yeah. I'd love to hear your opinion on uh, on her in this movie. Well, she really has no agency or anything in the film. Her Her entire reason for being there is to be the pretty face to bat eyes at Billy. Mm-hmm. And give him a reason to stick around because uh I kind of like her and if they get robbed one more time they may they might fire her from their from this office post <laughs> like that's that's really about it she's an attractive woman so I guess if I was sure. Billy I'd, I'd you know she batted her eyes at me I'd probably do the same but as far as a character in this film I I don't know I, I think you you definitely could have done more with this character you could have made her more headstrong you could have made her more no I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna take care of this myself type mm-hmm. and they they really don't she's just oh if this happens well thanks Billy and hands them the gun kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah she's pretty but there I like what you said I, I agree with what you said and also I think you said it well she didn't have a lot of agency in this film. She also doesn't have a lot of acting in this film. I really got the impression almost that she got the part because she was enthusiastic and young and pretty. Uh, But, you know, like we already mentioned, this movie was made very quickly. It was directed and edited almost like (laughs) out of of the camera and into the can kind of like just (laughs) get it pushed through as quick as you can. And the, and I'm confident that the script was written along the same lines, and you know it's a it's like it's not a serial, but it's almost a serial, and so you can't have him get together with this girl because after Billy the Kid goes to Texas, he's got to go to Santa Fe next or to wherever he goes next. Exactly, and so he's not going to stick around. You can't. I guess I would have felt a little more satisfied if there had been more between them between the characters. But if if there were, then he would have seemed like a a cad mm-hmm. <laughs> as he went from one town to the next and then had a little romance with every girl in every town. It would have made him into probably eventually a very undesirable character right. to the audience at the time. So it makes sense that there wasn't a lot going on there. I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more. You know, it would have lent more credence to... Mary's struggle with whether or not to tell people once she finds out who he is and all that. Right. I think you have to keep in mind that this film, as you've, we've been saying, as you've been saying, I mean, it's a B picture. It, it It's to fill the sort of matinee slot either before the main, before or after the main feature. And it was probably aimed at the younger audience. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. So you, so you definitely can't have the 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 kissy smoochy romance. <laughs> Kids aren't going to want to see that. They want to no, see no. cowboys can, fighting and on horses. And that's true. But you could, you know what? But there there are twelve year old girls out there in that audience, and you could have her rush over to Billy and and take his arm and say, "Oh, Billy, be careful. I know you're an outlaw, but that doesn't mean you're a bad person." See, I should have written it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little no, bit no, about no. <laughs> that right there. This is so interesting to me is and this isn't just these this film series. I mean this is something that's been done it's even being done to this day. Billy the Kid is being the the hero mm-hmm. uh in in film when in reality 
he likely was anything but. I mean, it definitely, you read, I was going to try to add some Billy the Kid, you know, history and lore and stuff, but there's so much. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, we'll be here forever talking about this. Yeah. I mean, he did kind of play both sides of the law at different times of his life. But in both cases, I'd say he's really walks the line. And while some of his uh, exploits were likely exaggerated or in some cases entirely false, there was a lot that was not. That is documented. And a lot of his, his crimes are documented. Yeah. But he's portrayed as this uh, American hero. And I, I find it just very interesting. And this one, of course, he's wanted by the wanted by the authorities, but for a crime he didn't commit. They they drive right. that point home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna repeat what you just said. It's interesting. Yes. It's it, it's a conversation we could have a long conversation about that would be largely speculation, right? Yeah. Yeah, very much. <laughs> well, and what, why I brought it up is because you were talking about because it's Billy the Kid and this or that. You know, the thing that I kind of associate Billy the Kid with most is his supposedly just uh, amazing skill with the six shooter. His quick draw, yeah. And in a film kind of aimed at a younger audience, there isn't a whole lot of gunplay. I don't know that Billy Kid ever does he fire his gun at all. I don't think he does. He no. gets into a couple of fist fights. Yeah, lots of fist fights, but I don't think he ever draws his gun. And the only time anyone he draws is... his gun, but I don't know that he shoots it. Ah, yes, correct. Excuse me. Um, and the only time that even a villain, oh no, there's two two people that actually get uh, winged. Uh, Billy does get winged, just a, a flesh wound. Mm-hmm. And but the only time one of our heroes shoots somebody. Is on accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, sort of on accident. More uh, lucky, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I mean, you will, I'm sure, have noticed the opening scene when Gil, who we later find out is Billy's brother, mm-hmm. find out not very far in actually, we soon find out is Billy's brother is chasing after some bad guys, and they're shooting back at him, and he sh- he's shooting forward at them, and most of them are aiming kind of at the air. Yeah, they're aiming and, high. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because this is not the era where toy guns were considered evil like they are now. No. This is an era where you could go and get a cap gun at your local five and dime and, you know, play cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers and shoot at each other with guns that went bang. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but like you said, this is a movie for a young crowd. So nobody, you don't have like modern movies where 85 people are getting shot and <laughs> half of them are just crossing the street at the wrong time. <laughs> this is nobody gets fatally wounded, period. No, no and I just, and, I found that interesting because like you were saying, yeah. because of the time it was, it was made, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff wasn't, I, I didn't think was frowned upon. You would, you would I, never yeah. see blood. You know, in, in a film of a Western, right. if someone got shot, they'd, ah, they'd their, grab their yeah, arm their or they'd cover their, their chest. You'd never yep. see blood. You'd never, you never wouldn't even see a hole, you know, in, yeah. in, in the shirt. <laughs> uh, but you would still see the gunplay. Or you'd yeah. see someone, you know, boom, and the, the wing and the knock, you know, winging the, the, the gun out of somebody's hand and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And it really, to me, felt like that maybe it was um, Sam Newfield really felt like, that's not what they. This was purposely done as sort of a. Um, I don't know to be to be sort of a you know a kinder, gentler uh, Billy the Kid and and fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> warm fuzzies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is interesting. I I would love to have the opportunity, which of course we don't, to sit down and ask the director. Hey, so you know, and, and the answer could very well be. They wanted a serial. They gave me the script on Monday and they wanted it in the can by Friday. You know, that I think that kind of thing happened very often. Or maybe, you know, they gave it to me on the 1st and they wanted it by the 21st. I think that kind of thing happened very, very often mm-hmm. around this era. Um, and he, he might have just, you know, known, hey, this is a Saturday matinee serial. There's going to be a lot of little kids go into it. We can't make it too. Also, you know what's funny? Gore is expensive to produce. <laughs> It really is. And, 
you know, you don't want to you don't want to write any character, especially in this genre. You don't want to write any character out of the script permanently. Mm-hmm. Because in five movies we could have him back. Right. Gil, who came in as as Billy's brother and is uh, spoiler if you haven't watched it yet, by the end of the movie he's the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> Three movies later, he's a sheriff in a completely different city with a completely different name. You know, and unless oh, yeah. you were a fan of Carlton Young and had your posters from, you know, the gossip columns, oh, it wouldn't even be posters; it'd be clippings from the gossip columns. You know on your cork board, you probably didn't notice it was the same guy unless you just followed him. Unless mm-hmm. you were just, gosh, you couldn't even follow him back then. Could you, <laughs> unless you were a fan of his, I would imagine, I bet there was kids sitting there, you know, going to the matinee every week and going to the next, the new Billy, the kid and going, Hey, wait a minute. That was his brother. Three films yeah. <laughs> ago. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And it also wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, my goodness. I was watching something the other day and there was, oh, I rewatched the remake, the recent remake of the 39 Steps and the (laughs) and the guy in it, not the main guy, but the the one that kind of kicks off everything that happens. I recognized him and I recognized him from a half a dozen things I've seen. And I thought, oh, my goodness, the first time I watched this, I I couldn't have picked that guy out of a crowd, but I've watched so many more things now that now, you know, so I think, gosh, as a, as a kid, I wouldn't have known it was the same person. Gosh, half the time now, I can't recognize people <laughs> that I've known for years. So I think, you know, it was easy for them to keep a character going and say, hey, we might want to write him back in later. So you don't want to kill anybody permanently. Right. But also, hey, we can reuse this actor over and over and nobody's ever going to. Hey, they they do it in Britain all the time. Right. <laughs> you have people on Doctor Who that were on Doctor Who before or on Midsummer Murders that were on it three years ago. And now they're a completely different character. We just we keep doing no, it. That's a good a, point. There's a finite number of actors in the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, too, maybe because, you know, Billy the Kid, as I was saying, they they've turned him into this this old west hero and maybe you didn't want him going around like shooting everybody he came across yes well just like you don't want him kissing every girl yes that's a bad example yes yeah exactly but it just uh, it did surprise me as all as i I was definitely expecting a few uh you know guns shot out of people's hands or you know hats getting shot off or something like that keep just trying to remember what happened to the bad guys in this. I almost feel like nothing happened to the bad guys in this. Not on camera anyway. They all get beat up. <laughs> but then what do they do? Do they just ride off? Do they get put in the jail? Do I, they I'm guessing. get shipped out? Like, you know, and yeah, that's all we can do, right? We can only guess right. what happened to the bad guys. <laughs> the good guys who are ironically in real life, the bad guys, or certainly the I've nef- nefarious isn't the right word. Infamous. Infamous. Certainly the infamous guys. They uh, they seem to do all right out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the end, no one really, no one seems concerned that you know yeah. Billy's got a five hundred dollar uh, bounty on his I, head. Yeah, five thousand. I was five thousand dollars back in that time. Anyway, I thought it was just five hundred. <laughs> No, it was five thousand on the wanted poster. Was it? Oh my gosh, yeah, I lost a zero. 5, even 000, even yeah. five hundred was pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, in eighteen, what would that have been? Eighteen sixty, maybe eighteen yeah. seventy. Gosh, let's see. Uh, that's worth almost a couple couple hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as uh, strangely enough, as we were saying, this film is only about an hour. This plot, <laughs> a lot happens in order to make it reach mm-hmm. that hour mark. I mean, yes. That, that that doesn't really need to happen. Uh, there's there's a lot of um, because the plot said so kind of moments. <laughs> yeah, there's no. I would argue there's no character growth in this movie no. for sure. Yes, no. Because Billy, I mean, he uh, he witnesses a holdup, then he holds up the holdup with every intention of taking that money for himself. That's what I thought too. Yeah, <laughs> and then only does the. Oh no! I I well I didn't get a chance to find out who it belonged to when he gets caught with the stuff. I see you got my saddlebags, buddy. Yeah, I, uh, uh, he didn't get them. I did. Suppose you explain how the money that was stolen from the express company was in here. 
On my way into town yesterday, I saw this hold-up pole. I caught up with a bandit and faced a hold-up of my own. Before I had a chance to find out who the money belonged to, I was shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was shot before he got a chance to find out whose money it was. He told me everything, and there was nothing in the saddlebags. So I thought maybe he was imagining things, you know, sort of out of his head. <laughs> Wait a minute, Fuzzy. If you think I had anything to do with it, you can ask the fellow who was driving that buckboard. He'll tell you I didn't hold him up. Billy, you'll never know what this means to me. Well, I have a pretty good idea, Miss Barton. $30,000 is a lot of money. Uh, I hope to tell you. <laughs> Billy's always helping folks, you know. He even goes out of his way to do it. You intend to leave or stay around? I was figuring to drift on, but after what's happened, I think I'll stick around a while. <laughs> he has to make up an excuse because the pretty girl is looking at him going, you wouldn't have stole it, would you? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, good-looking men don't steal things. Right. Wah, wah. <laughs> you, you feel like the movie's kind of coming to the climax, but it's only like 45 minutes. And so you've got Billy making this weird decision to effectively hold up the payroll so he can bring the money in himself. Like you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there's a, definitely a flaw in this plan, Billy, if you don't want people to think you're guilty. <laughs> well, I mean, in his defense, horses can go more places than wagons. Right. But maybe. But I'm with y'all. I, I'm not saying that was a well thought out. Plan. No, I think maybe, you know, hey, Wendy, I'm going to ride along with you to make sure you get the town. <laughs> I actually thought that was what he was going to do. And yeah. then he didn't. And I was so startled. I thought, well. Clearly, I don't understand how the West works. <laughs> no. We don't get a whole lot in the way of gunfights. We get a lot of fist fights. Um, <laughs> it's impressive that hats actually do fall off <laughs> during the fights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy wears black throughout the entire film. I noticed that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's the only one that wears black through the entire film. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting. Yeah, especially I I was thinking the whole time we're of, of that John Wayne film, the the mm -hmm. wagon trail or whatever that was, where you you would note it that as he goes from the bad guy to the good guy, mm -hmm. uh, his, his clothing changes from black to like gray to to white, mm -hmm. and and this one it's like wow our our hero is in black the entire time, and actually yeah. the the lazy eight gang are all in look like they're probably in blues and whites and grays. Mm -hmm. I thought that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, I, there, there's no character progression. Mm -mm. He comes in Billy the Kid and he goes out Billy the Kid. And then now, uh, Mary, Terry Walker, she goes from wearing black to wearing white. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's an indication of her character, though. It's just wardrobe. <laughs> they decided to put her in a pretty frilly dress near the end. That is actually kind of interesting too. when you talk about how low of a budget and everything this is, they actually did bother to give the woman a wardrobe change. Yeah. No one else yep. gets one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, that's funny. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say, well, maybe the women would notice mm -hmm. if the woman didn't change clothes. Also, I, gosh, no, my history nerd just about jumped out and jumped down your throat. I don't know that they had changes of clothes very often <laughs> back then, especially if they're sleeping rough and all, but no. Uh, <laughs> no, that's you're exactly right. It's I would bet it's down to budget. Well, you have, if you think about it, a Billy the Kid, I mean, they ride in, he's the clothes on his back. Unless he manages to find a way to stuff a change of clothes into those saddlebags. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, in a modern movie, he'd have had a coat tied down on, you know, a duster tied down on the back of his saddle. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. This is, I thought, it, it's just a fun sort of mindless, you, you watch for an hour, you watch a little bit of a, a cowboy film. And it, it's it's not awful. I I still feel like I, I still feel like I'm missing some shootouts. I kind of want some shootouts. It is it, going back to what we were talking about just a little bit before we started recording. It is the 1940 little kids weekend version of a romance novel. There's not a lot of thought put into it. It's just there for the entertainment. You hope that you get a little satisfying you know, characterization, or maybe you get inspiration to go play cowboys and Indians afterwards, but you're not really looking for any depth of meaning in it. It's just, that's what it is. I've, it's a little, a little weekend afternoon entertainment. I'm, I'm picturing some, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12 year old boys and girls coming out of the, out of the theater 
and the little girl's talking to you know, saying something about something about Billy or something in the girl and Billy didn't want anything from her. He just... Yeah. <laughs> Billy just Ew. Ew. Boys and girls don't spend time together. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> Billy sure yeah. seems sweet on that girl. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he liked the girl from the first movie. I mean, you know, <laughs> I do feel like, uh, or I suppose while I was pondering this movie, I felt like I might have liked it a little bit more if I'd seen the first one. Maybe if I were just going to watch all the Billy the Kid movies with the same actors in them, I might enjoy it a little bit more. You know, it might feel more like an experience. It's fine. It's, it's you know, it's entertaining. It's a, it's all right for a, an hour movie mm-hmm. if you're just killing time. If you're a cowboy enthusiast, for sure. If you're a, like, man, I just want to watch every Western I can ever find. And I sure do like seeing the historical ones or, you know, the the old ones because it's, you know, a lot of fun to see how our perception of people changed over time or how we portray Billy the Kid. Gosh, if you're a Billy the Kid enthusiast, you probably better watch it Uh, just to even watch it and go, well, Billy the Kid wasn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, all the history nerds and the cowboy nerds would be looking at it going, well, that's not right. That girl's not wearing a petticoat. But (laughs) It, other than that, yeah, it's it's it, it basically is a serial. It's yeah. a long form serial. Well, I was thinking that maybe sometime in the future we'll watch some other films in this series. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe check out one of the Buster Crabs and everything. And I, I am curious whether or not this is one of these things where these films are kind of wash, rinse, and repeat mm-hmm. as far as the plots and stuff go. Like romance novels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And maybe maybe that's how Sam Newfield could do it because he yes. he'd already done it three, four, five times. What's hey, one more? Hey, if you've got the plot points, all you have to do is change the bad guy's name, cha- uh, change whatever his occupation is, change the girl's name, change why she needs help, and there you go. You got a whole other plot. You already know Fuzzy's going to be in the next one. Right. So yeah, you got <laughs> you got to wonder if the the scripts went from film to film and they just you know had lots of scratches and erasing marks and. <laughs> <laughs> Name changes. Mary goes stage left. Oh darn it! I mean, I, I mean, Anna. Sarah goes yeah. stage left. Anna goes stage left. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, we will definitely check that out. We'll we'll check some others out in the in the series at some point. You know, throughout the the upcoming uh, years of orphan entertainment. It's a, yeah, it's a fun piece of history. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it would be a lot of fun to go and look for other. Uh, gunslinger famous gunslinger movies that were made around the same time and see how much they followed this same recipe and see if you know if this is just oh hey you know what somebody else is doing jesse james we better do billy the kid you know which of course is now a thing for sure gosh oh yeah (laughs) i know we can all think of at least two studios that do that but (laughs) well yeah especially more uh more of the uh, uh films coming out of the the other poverty row studios Yes. Uh, yes. Which would be making the same sorts of films as this. I don't think you could compare this to the big budget Hollywood epics no. that you know John Wayne and, and and that sort of stuff were exactly were appearing in. And it only just occurred to me that we have to put a rating to this. I haven't given it any <laughs> real thought. <laughs> I have actually for once. Good. I've you, actually you really go first. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, on a, on an Othel rating of one to five. I felt like this is a strong two and a half. Uh, you know, it's it's not middle of the road like, oh, you know what? It's a solid three. Like, this is a movie that if you like to watch movies, this is probably worth your time. It's more like if you like serial westerns, this is probably worth your time. Yeah. And there's, gosh, there are 100,000 movies that are better than this movie. But it is also entertaining it's fine you know you got fuzzy he's pretty fun you have it it doesn't it doesn't weigh you down it doesn't at no point are you feeling like it's a slog to get through it it's got a good pace and so i won't give it a three i feel like it would have needed to have a little bit better production value it would have had to have something to make it you know what yeah this is a pretty average movie Mm -hmm. it's not quite it's it feels much more like a serial and and that's fine it's entertaining and it's fun and it's I think a solid two and a half. Uh, it's not a bad movie. It's not the one you know. It's no rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! 
It's no angel in the bad man. No, you know? there you go. Keep Gosh. it in the same family. Yeah. Yeah. It's no angel in the bad man. Um, but you know, hey, if you're if you're skimming through YouTube on a weekend and you just want something playing in the background while you're doing your video games, you know, knocking out some RDO or something like that. <laughs> Now you guys all know what I do for fun. Red, then, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Red Dead Online. You're over there running around with your buddies, jumping off that one uh, waterfall, and you just want some cowboy in the background. This is this is an okay one to do. It's uh, certainly, I think, would be fun in part of a collection. My initial reaction, as soon as I realized I was going to have to put a ring to this, was a two, and I think so. Two, two and a half. I, I'm going to stick with a two, only because it's Billy the Kid, and we don't have any. Fancy gunplay. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's that's a strong argument. Um, like that's a real strong argument. Right. In fact, he never pulls the trigger. That I mean, that there is enough probably to knock a half a star off it. Yeah, <laughs> but you're you're right. I mean, it is it it is just kind of one of those mildly entertaining. Uh, it is not as poor or cheesy as you might expect. There are some actually good lines, and there's some some nice dialogue. You know, kind of peppered throughout the film. Uh, there's some good moments, you know. There's even some fun. If you like the, you know, cowboy fisticuffs, you know, the bar fight. If you like <laughs> the bar fights, there's actually, you know, it's it's kind of entertaining, and uh, there's some really fun moments. Especially, you know, the <laughs> Billy's pretty much got the bad guy out cold, and Scruffy picks him up <laughs> and yeah. throws him back into the fray. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with just just a solid two. It is it is not that it's a bad film or anything like that. It's it's just not an exceptional film it, there is uh i feel like this is likely one of dozens yeah <laughs> and it, yes. it's literally because there are 40 of these things and i i have a sneaking suspicion they are all very similar but i'd be happy to be wrong and uh I've, i'd be su- i'd be surprised if this is the best one of the 40 maybe we'll jump to like you know the last film that bob Steele does as billy the kid mm. before going to the buster crab to see if he's any different than he is in this film mm-hmm. yeah if we can find yep. it so yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> well and gosh we don't have long to go it was only the next year that he did it i, I know. think it's available good all right yeah the, the amount of films that they were able to to churn out they did you know 12 13 films in just a just a few years and then over the course of what uh, from 46 years they did 40 of these things or over 40 it's just remarkable so that's where i'm thinking the scripts and everything and maybe even the sets i'm guessing santa fe or denver or wherever they ride into probably all look a lot like the town here in texas (laughs) a lot like (laughs) yeah corral texas yeah, I would I would bet so too. So I think it looks like uh, Billy the Kid in Santa Fe is the last one okay. done by Bob Steele. Okay. And so, hey, uh, you guys that are listening, I'd love to know if you would be interested in having us go to that one. Maybe take a look at it. Maybe take a look at it with us and uh, see if it is, if it's the best one in the 40s. Right. <laughs> or at least the better of these two. Yeah. But I am very thankful to our listener to recommending this series. I absolutely, I th- it had kind of escaped me. I, strangely, you know, I have actually gone looking for the westerns because I figured there's got to be dozens of these things because they made so many of them at this time. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we come across more? And weirdly enough, I never stumbled across this series, so I'm very mm-hmm. thankful that they uh, they recommended it and uh, glad we finally got a chance to uh, check this one out. You know what's funny is I feel like this, the knowledge of this series puts an entirely different twist on a Christmas story for me. (laughs) Because the whole time he's so excited about the Red Ryder BB gun. And if you think about this being like the kind of movie that he would have been going to and seeing the Red Rider every week. Mm -hmm. Ooh, what's the, you know, what's the new thing that's going to happen this week to the Red Rider? I just, I could see saying, Ooh, okay. Yeah. You know, especially as a kid at this time and us having, you know, gosh, Netflix and the plethora of, you know, entertainment that we have available, but this being the version of that, 
It just is an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is this is basically oh. out Ralphie's hero. Yeah, no, this kind of fun. This is the Marvel Universe superhero uh, <laughs> series of the day. I absolutely could see oh, a kid in 1940. You are digging a hole that I will fall in for sure. <laughs> I could definitely see a kid in the 1940s. You know, mom, mom, please, can you take me into take town? Me to the, the, the new the Billy kid. the Kid film yes. is, is is in the is that the Bijou? Oh. Absolutely. Oh, man. oh my and, goodness. And doing the, you know, walking home and playing, you know, going to the, the theater and, and in his black shirt with the sheriff star the on. The sheriff star yes. and his little chaps wearing his little six shooters and the cowboy <laughs> hat. Oh, absolutely. And this is exactly the kind of film I would expect a kid like that to go see. Yeah. Yep. That's fun to think about. Absolutely. Well, I think that is going to do it for Billy the Kid in Texas. Once again, thank you very much for recommending this. Uh, If anyone else ever has any other recommendations of films, please throw them our way. Uh, If you don't know about their status in the public domain or anything, still throw them our way, and I'll try to do a little research and see what we can dig up. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. we really appreciate it. It's great, it's great having an active uh, listener base. And uh, this is a, a really fun thing. And it's probably another reason why I kind of enjoyed this film is just knowing that it came from someone that listened to the show and went, oh, you know what they <laughs> might like? you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Lydia, thank you very much for joining me as always. It's always a pleasure to talk about these films with you. Every time. You know what? You as a co-host, I would give you five out of five ovals. Oh, there's not enough ovals in the world that I would that <laughs> to give you, Lydia. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you next month. Until then, bye, everybody. Bye. Banana Laffy Taffy.